So review Jeremiah 31 through 33. Jeremiah was prophesying about the new covenant, okay? So this is just review. As last, uh, if you even take starting in Genesis, if you start in Genesis, when, when Adam and Eve fell, was God mad at them? No, despite what you were taught, because even in, in King James in English, it looks, like, it looks like he was mad at them and kicked them out of the garden, doesn't it? But if you look at it clearly at the end of Genesis 3, he said, here's where you're going to meet with me. You're going to meet with me on the east end of the garden between the angels and the flaming sword. I'm going to preserve a way to the tree of life. So the Jews knew if there was two angels and a flaming sword, what was that a picture of? The mercy seat. And where was the mercy seat? In the holiest of holies, in the, in the most inner part of the temple. Does, does that make sense? And then when he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, he gave him all the instructions, and then he said, hey, you're going to build this temple, you're going to be the outer court, the, the holy place, and then the holiest of holies. And in that holiest of holies, there was a picture of the mercy seat. You can go Google it. There'll be two angels, right? And the Shekinah glory, his presence there, and the high priest would go in and go meet with the Lord once a year right there. Now, what is that all a type and shadow of? You, you're the temple. And he said, I'm gonna meet with you between the cherubim. I'm gonna meet with you in the holiest of holies. That's where Paul says in the New Testament, he goes, don't you know that ye are the temple? Those were all, you're, a, you're a, a temple of living stones, not dead stones that the physical temple, that was just a type and shadow. But the high priest could go in and go meet with the, God's presence between the cherubim. Does that make sense? And then the new covenant says, I'm gonna meet with you in the holiest of holies, in the temple, and where is that today? In you. Does that make sense? That's what it says, that this, this, uh, this mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It says it, that was hidden forever, but now you're gonna see this mystery that the, the real crazy thing is I'm gonna be in you. Isn't that cool? So Jeremiah 31, the, so these, Jeremiah is prophesying about this new covenant. So behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel in those days, says the Lord. And then in Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10, they, they quote this. So I'm just telling you that, uh, uh, here's what it says. Um, I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. What does that mean? Do you guys understand what he's trying to say there? It's going to be internally, it's going to be in you. It's not going to be something external. I'm going to write my laws on your minds and in your heart. Everybody with me so far? So if you want to see and meet with Jesus, where do you think it's going to be? In your heart, right? In the temple. So no more shall every man teach his neighbor, every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest. Why does he say from the least to the greatest? Because the, only the prophets, priests, and kings, he poured out their spirit in the old covenant. And so, ladies, you're really in trouble, right? You can't even talk in church. Does that make sense? We've got to separate you. Um, right? And the widows and orphans, they were like nothing. And the Gentiles, most of you and I, that weren't in the, the, the Jewish family, we were dogs. So what he's saying is this new covenant, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh from the least to the greatest. And then in Acts 2, we see that at Pentecost, they start quoting Joel. Everybody said, hey, you know what? They're all praying in tongues. And, and, uh, um, and it's interesting. If you go look at that, though, it's not, uh, it's not the tongues that most of you were taught. Not that. Right? <laughs> Isn't that weird? Kind of? Sorry, but I think it's a little weird. Um, it said, they all heard them in their own language. 
speaking of the wonderful works of Jesus. They understood the language. How many guys understand? Just saying. Take it what you want. So anyway. No more shall any man teach everybody. Everybody will know me for the least to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will, give, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. So the new covenant, you're guaranteed forgiveness of sin. And everybody knows that. What they don't know is these last parts, which I think are even better. So if we go to Jeremiah 33, verse 3, here's what it says. You shall call on me. And if you pray and fast and seek me long enough, you might hear me, but you might not. So you better have 10 steps so you can hear me clearly and make sure it's not you. No, it says, if you will call on me and I will answer. And Jesus died for that. He said, when he broke the, the bread and the wine, he said, this is my body and blood of the new covenant. So the disciples knew that, hey, he's talking about what Joel was talking about. He's talking about Isaiah. He's talking about Jeremiah. And the new covenant says, the Spirit's going to fall out on all flesh. And from the least and the greatest, you will call on him and he will answer. You guys, oh, that's good? Yeah. Isn't that more assurance than 10 steps and see, to hear God? And just think about it from a relationship standpoint. If, if I tell my wife, I said, honey, if you seek, if you go into your closet and don't eat for a day, right? Man, I'm just telling you, they're going to get hangry. And, uh, and yeah, so do we. <laughs> you know, I don't eat for like six hours and I'm mad. So anyway, thank the Lord for the new covenant. Amen. Uh, anyway, so it says... If I said, sweetie, you need to go away, seek me, etc., isn't that a weird relationship? And if you, go, if you go away from me and pray and fast and seek me and get into the word more, then I'll talk to you. How many of you guys know that's a, that's a disaster? But that, for 2,000 years, that's what's taught how you go, you're going to go hear God. Isn't that weird? And the new covenant says, you call on me and I will answer. Hallelujah. That's what they all wanted, wasn't it? They didn't have to go seek him and all the, that's why all the parables he said, listen, which will you have a judge where this unjust judge, he goes, the unjust judge is irritated by this lady coming beating on his head going, I need an answer, I, de I demand an answer. So what do we do? We turn it into work going, see the lesson to learn from that is keep on praying until he answers. How many of you have heard that? Consistency in prayer. <laughs> and he's like, no, that was an unjust judge. He said, when you ask me, I will give your acquittal fast. Go read it. Gosh, it's goofy, this stuff we were taught. So, call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Isn't that what the promise we gave him the Holy Spirit to? He said, listen, I'd love to teach you all this stuff, but uh, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and the Comforter. And uh, when he comes, he's going to teach you all things and lead you into all truth. Meaning that right now, Jesus was a, a one person. And so if you had to go meet with Jesus, you had to get in line. Does that make sense? But the new covenant says this, I'm going to pour out my spirit on everybody and all of you can come to me face to face anytime and you call on me and I will answer. It's a better covenant. You guys get it? So imagine if we all had to go seek him and weird, right? Does that make any sense to you? So I just, I'm trying to show you how simple this is. All right, now let's get into the new covenant a little bit and then we'll, we'll practice on this. And so, uh, what's that? Oh, awesome. How'd you do that? You got all distracted by that Iowa-Ohio State game. That's what happened, right? You got excited about it. All right, cool. I don't need this then. Woo! All right. So John 14, 19. So here's Jesus in the upper room again. He's, he's, he's breaking bread and, and uh, going to serve them wine. And says, this is my body, in the blue, in my body and blood of the new covenant. So they think, oh, this is everything that the old covenant was prophesying about. Man, we know what this guy's doing. 
He's, he's instilling the new covenant. So I'm just giving you the setting. He's, so think about this. The, these 12 disciples that have been with him forever, right? The last couple years. And so the very last instruction he's going to give to them and the encouragement is this. Wouldn't that be good? You guys have all seen that. When somebody's on their deathbed or something, um, they share like important things. Follow me? So here's Jesus. John 14, 19. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. Okay? What does that mean? You're not going to see me, right? But you will see me. How's that? Because I live, you will live. We will also live on that day. What's that day that he's talking about? If you read further, I, didn't, I just didn't want to have too much time because I wanted you to be able to practice. But he said, when I pour out my spirit on all flesh, I'm not going to leave you an orphan. I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And then it says, on that day. That's what he's talking about here, okay? So when he's talking about Pentecost, on that day, all this is going to start to make sense. Nobody's going to have to tell you. Um, you can be an illiterate person. In fact, I've met a lot of people that have never read the Bible, hear God very clearly, much more than most Christians. I run into them all the time. And they go, oh yeah, I know Jesus. So I talk to him easily. And then the Christian's like, How? I know, because you've still got this veil. You think it's all these things you have to do, and you're always coming from a position of lack, meaning that if I get into the word more, then I'll be able to hear him, right? And you guys have, that, this, who, 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 you know there's things in here that I would not call the word of God. Does that make sense to you? It says, if you're trying to follow the Ten Commandments, it says that's the, the ministry written and engraved on stones. It serves you death. Was that good? That doesn't sound like the gospel to me. So the word of God made flesh was who? Jesus Christ. So if you get that, Jesus was the, and he even says it, he said, you know what, in times past, prophets prophesied about this, but now he spoke to us clearly in his son. It says he was the word of God made flesh. So the, the correct interpretation of scripture is Jesus Christ. So you got to look at Jesus and go, this is who he is. And if you've seen him, you've seen the father and the Holy Spirit. Because it says he is the fullness of the Godhead, all three, in one body. So if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the word of God. So every scripture, if it doesn't make sense, I think when we were growing up, because we, we didn't understand, there was, we just read this whole thing. It was all one. Old covenant, new covenant, didn't matter. So a, a preacher could get up here and start yelling at you and go, well, it says it. Go, yeah, it says a lot of things that you don't want to have participate in your life, at least me, because the old covenant everywhere, it's death. The new interpretation in Christ Jesus, it's life, right? Anyway, gosh, Christians hate a happy God. Oh, it drives me crazy because I'm like, he's good. He's happy. He's happy. He's really happy. He's not, he's in him is life and resurrection and he doesn't kill anybody. Yeah, but it says he does. You go read it. It's permissive text. It's like, you guys are killing yourself and I'm letting you do it. He never killed anybody. He is the life and resurrection. Okay? So, anyway. So here's, here's what he's saying. The world, you're not going to see me externally right now, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Doesn't that sound like you're in him? He said, if I, if I live, you're going to live. Because all men were in one, is what it says. On that day, you will realize that I'm in the Father. What, what kind of talk is that? It's the talk that the Bible knowers, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because Jesus called him Father, they wanted to kill him for it. Because they said, if you call him father and you're his son, you're making yourselves equal with him. Go read John 10. And then Jesus goes, in that day you're going to know that I'm in the father, like we're one, right? Now check this out. You'll realize that I'm in the father and you are in me. And I am in you. 
On that day, you're going to realize this truth that I'm in you and you're in the Father and we're all in this thing together. Hallelujah, man, once you get that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit now pours out his spirit with your spirit and it's not a spirit of fear. It says it's a spirit that says, Abba, Father. And that day, you're going to know that what Jesus was saying was true. All of you are in me and I'm in you and you can call me Dad. Isn't that wonderful? I don't know, it's exciting to me. Whoever has my commands and keep them is the one who loves me. Now that word commands is literally teaching. So to people, see, he's trying to say his commands. Good luck. All right. His teaching was uh, all are in. And here's how you're going to know. If you love your neighbor. See, because the Jews didn't like the Samaritans. They didn't like the Gentiles, etc. He says, here's how you're going to know. And your love is not that, I, that you're loving me. It's that I loved you. So that's his teaching that you're in, right? So whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and do what? I will show myself to them. Isn't that that what we're all after? Hey, you will see me and I will show myself to you. Doesn't that sound like a good covenant? Sounds awesome. Let's go to the next slide. All right. Let's keep going. If you read John 14 to 16, he keeps going through this whole thing. This is what I want to cover a little bit with you. Here's what it says. It says, uh, Jesus went on to say, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. Now, in English, we just see both those words as see, because English is a pretty rough translation of Greek and Hebrew, right? But they're very different words. And so here's what Jesus is saying. Uh, In a little while you will see me no more, isn't that what he said in John 14 too? He says, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to see me anymore. The world's not going to see me, but you will see me. And he's just reiterating it here. In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. Now that first see, if you go look it up in Strong's, it says to see with your eyeballs is really what it means. Most of the time, it means to see with your eyeballs. And so he says, in a little while, you're not going to see me with your eyeballs. Right? But then after a little while, you will Horeo me. And horeo means metaphor. If you go read it strong, this is really what it says. A metaphorical meaning to see with the mind, i.e. spiritually see. But if you read English, are you ever going to get that? (laughs) I won't. I'm going to go, you're going to see me and then you're not going to see me. It's like hide and seek. Weird. But what he's trying to say is, hey, you're not going to see me physically because that's a bad deal. Because if we're in the United States and the only people are going to see him are in Jerusalem, then we're I didn't say it, you did, right? <laughs> Use the S word. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we're not, that's not a good deal. But he says, you're not going to see me physically, but you will see me spiritually. And where did he say you're going to see him? Where was his promise? All through scripture. Where are you going to see him? In the innermost part of the temple, the holiest of holies, which clearly in the new covenant says, don't you know ye are the temple that the whole thing prophesied about. So you're not going to see me physically, but if you close your eyes and try to see with your your heart and mind, you're going to see me spiritually. You will see me, is what it says. You guys get it? So what all he's trying to show him is said, listen, uh, and then if you keep reading, it says, hey, it's a good deal if I go to my father. I know you're kind of anxious because you you know I'm going to die and I told you I'm going to die, but it's good that I go away because I'm going to send you a comforter and then all of you will see me anytime you want. That's the new covenant promise. Isn't that better? And it frustrated me when I started really understanding this. I go, I can't stand the teaching I got that said, get into that thing more and that's where I'm going to see him. And you know how many times I saw him? Like never. Now I'd brag about it, right? Oh yeah, I'm into the word more. I'm, I'm growing spiritually. No, you're not. 
you're working on things that make you feel good, right? The only way you grow spiritually, honestly, is face to face. When you see him, is what scripture says. All you did is you got into that thing more and you got frustrated more and you can, you can, do, you can do the, at least she knows me, it's like, hey, all of us are zealous. We're willing to do whatever it takes, right? Because that's what most of us are good people. We want, hey, if this is what it takes, we'll do it. So we thought, man, let's go to Bible school in Africa. I'm glad I did it because I realized that wasn't the answer. Because otherwise I would have thought, well, how, you know, how's all this stuff happening there? And uh, it's not here. Um, and you know why it's happening there? Because they teach it. That's the grace of God. It's not anything they're doing, trust me. There's no life in a lot of the teaching. It's just the grace of God. It's, it's amazing, just that we have here. So isn't this a good deal? Hey, you're not going to see me physically, but all of you will see me in your mind's eye. You guys all know that song, right? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Where, which eyes are he talking to you? About talking to your physical eyeballs? Bummer, because what if a blind guy, like if he's physically blind, and that's why the, the whole salvation thing, how it was taught, like what if he's a mute? If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you shall be so zoed. What about the mute? Honestly, it breaks down in a, a hurry. What if you're born without a tongue? That means you're out? What, a, what, a, what he's saying is he's saying is, listen, that sozo doesn't just mean you're going to heaven. It's mean, it also means the healing of your heart. Ah, if you believe that you're totally forgiven and he perfectly loves you in Christ, guess what? It starts to sozo you and out of the abundance of the heart, you just naturally speak. That's what it means, amen? But there's so many different ways of, of uh, that's not a, what I'm trying to say is that's not the secret to salvation getting to heaven. Follow me? The secret of you getting to heaven was all man rose in him. And that's the good news we share with people. Amen? And that starts to heal your heart, doesn't it? I'm telling you, when people that have been told they're going to go to hell their whole life, they go, no, no. He was the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the creation. You're sinless in his eyes. You're forgiven. You're in. They start to get excited. They start to experience life. Amen? Hallelujah. Right? Anyway. You guys get this, right? I'm just trying to show you that it, he promises he's going to show himself to you. Isn't that good news? All right, let's get to the next slide. You guys, you guys are all familiar with this with one, where it says, from glory to glory, when you gaze at him. And so here's what it, so the, the old covenant shadow, it says, if you, if you think you're going to find life by doing this more, I'm, listen, I love reading the Bible. You, you guys understand what I'm trying to say, right? But unless I can see Christ in this, and I realize that this is all about my, my inheritance in him, and if I, if I start from the position where, uh, I've, heard, I've heard it taught like this a lot, which immediately puts people back in unassurance. Um, if you don't know what's in it, then how can you claim it? I don't know. You know well, I know. It says, because I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, you're not going to have to have any man teach you. All will know me. I just grew up knowing like, man, God's good. He loves me. He's a good guy. I'm scared of church because they're going to tell me how bad I am. And I already know how bad I am. So I, I just want to spend time with him and know how good I am. Amen? Isn't that true? So I'm not saying don't read your Bible. But I'm saying it. read it knowing that Jesus is the correct interpretation of this. Follow me? And when guys come and go, see, it says it right there. I can tell you there's this like ache in their heart. There's no life there. 
They're, they're dying inside. It's, it's, that's what Jesus said. You're whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but internally you just hate it. You're, you're not enjoying life. So here's what, here's what Paul's saying in 2 Corinthians 3.15. So he's saying this. If, the, if you think you, you're going to find life by following rules, Moses was a, a picture of what? The law, the old covenant, right? But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. What's a veil? A veil covers your what? Eyes. What's that a picture of? If I'm, not, if I'm looking at this to find life versus looking at Christ, am I going to see it clearly? No. You guys get it? You guys okay? You're not mad at me? Okay. Because <laughs> I just know it's like this sacred thing. Like, get into the word more and, oh, just, it, I used to have life until I was told that command. Right? Now, do I, do I read it? Yeah. But I read it from a, a, here's what I would tell you to do, honestly. If it's starting to kill you and give you doubt, put it down for a little while. And just go, Lord, I'm just going to gaze at you. Because I'm going to show you what the promise is if you just look at him. But if you try to find life from doing, meaning fasting, praying, uh, Bible studying more, etc., it's going to be a veil. It really, that's what this says. So it says this. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies where? They're spiritualized, their heart, right? So that's what he's saying. Nevertheless, when one turns to what? When he gazes at Jesus, is what it says. When one turns to the Lord, meaning that I'm complete in Christ, he's the correct interpretation of this. So even if I don't know chapter and verse, if I know that Jesus and I look at him and he's promised to show me in my heart, this is what's going to happen. Now read, read this. This is, gets really exciting. Now the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom from what? The law of sin and death, right? But we all with an unveiled face beholding that is in a mirror. What is beholding? You guys know what beholding is? Looking, seeing, right. Where, where are we seeing? He tells you. In your heart, right? The veil of your heart. So he says, listen, when you behold him, if you, if you just get into this and don't know what interprets Jesus, you know what you're going to find? Death. It says the ministry written and engraved on stones gives you death, but the spirit brings life. And the spirit is not Shove it up, fall down. Because I, I, see, I see a lot of charismatics that I am one, so I'm not. I just saw a lot of people running around trying to cover up ladies. Uh, right? You ever see it? They're running around with like cloths and stuff. The, uh, and you know what? And they laugh for like 10 years. Oh, I'm in the spirit. Like, That's fantastic, but your life sucks. Nothing's growing in your life. Come on. You're not experiencing life. How about experiencing life? Don't you want life? And they're searching for it, but they're finding death because they're beholding this. Does that make sense? They think it's by their doing versus it's this simple. He's promised that, you know, in the new covenant, you're not going to see me spirit physically, but you will see me and I will manifest myself. If I call, you call on me, I will answer. Isn't that good assurance? When you call on Christ, he goes, I'll answer you. Hallelujah, that just makes me feel better. Okay, so he says, but we, if you, if you look at this, as this is, this is my entrance into his presence, I'll never see it clearly is what it says. But when I turn to Jesus as my, the veil that was torn, and now we can all boldly go to the throne of grace, what are you gonna find there? 
Mercy and grace in time of need. It's the throne of grace, not judgment. The judgment is grace. Hallelujah. Yeah, but no yabbits. It's mercy and grace. Jesus was the veil, all that was a picture of. He opened the way for all of us, so all of you can go boldly in whether you know one word in there or not. Isn't that cool? I, I get excited about it. You know who hates it? The guy who went to Bible school and studied this for 30 years and goes, how does the prostitute just receive all this stuff for free and I'm over here irritated? Right? Because knowledge puffs up. <sighs> but the Spirit just makes you meek because you know why it says whoever's forgiven much loves much. That's why Barbara and I love each other. Thank you, Lord. Because I know me. Amen? And I know you. So... Get this, is what I'm trying to say. It's actually a good deal. It's a really good deal. So here's what he promises. But we all, hey, that old thing, that's gone, right? The new thing is all of you can go look at him face to face. We all with unveiled face. There's nothing that separates us from the Father's throne anymore. Beholding as in a mirror. What does a mirror show you? Yourself. So when you look at Jesus, what is he showing you? Yourself. Maybe. <laughs> Michael said he can't be that ugly. Hallelujah. But here's what will happen to you if you do this. No, if you just go, Lord, show me yourself. And don't, honestly, just try it for a week once. Just go, you know what? I'm going to put the veil down, right? And I'm just going to, Lord, show me yourself. And really take time to, if you read the healing code, the love code, what is, where does it tell you to focus? They try to give you physical things to do it too, where it says, hey, you know what? See your, see your, see your heart as breathing with your breath, etc." to get you out of this. I know for me what helps is I, I physically, I was telling Barbara, I go, what helps for me is like, I kind of do this conscious thing and I just, I put my head down so I'm not trying to think, I'm trying to see him right here. I calm myself down because if I'm like this, my brain's going, and I just like, wait a minute, I got to get this done. Lord, just show me you. And we'll do this. You'll all see him here in a minute. So, we all beholding is in the mirror. So when you look at Christ, what is he showing you? The real you. All men were in him, is what it says. But we all with unveiled face, beholding is in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Metamorpho, oh, you guys remember this from high school biology. What's metamorphosis? Change, right? So, here's how simple this is. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, changed, transfigured after being with. If you do this and you spend time with him directly, it says the Spirit does this to you, into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So go to this last slide, and I'll show you what this really means, how simple this is. How many of you guys have read that and really didn't get that much out of it, to be honest with you? I, I read that for a lot of times. I'm like, what's it trying to say? Here's what it's literally saying. If you, ask, if you ask to see Jesus face to face, will he show himself to you? Absolutely. That's the new covenant promise. He died for that promise. Isn't that cool? And if you call on him, he's not going to be an unjust judge. He's not going to be a weird husband that says, sweetie, go away, and then you'll get to know me more. That's just so bizarre when I think about that now. What a weird relationship. And he, he gives me a father-son relationship too. I'm not going to go, Solomon, um, try discern what I'm saying. Oh, I got the gift of discernment. Oh, Solomon, let's talk. I want to make this really clear. Does that make sense? That's the kind of relationship he wants all of us to have. 
Doesn't that sound like a real relationship that you can see and talk to him and he'll answer? So here's what it says. When you look at the face of Jesus, when you spend time with him, just Lord, show me who you are. What's gonna happen to you? Read this. You become more and more like him effortlessly. It says by the spirit. It transfigures you. It transforms you. It changes into that image. So it supernaturally produces results that trying harder, legalism, pray fast, get into the word more, will never ever do. Religious gymnastics don't do anything. When you look at him face to face, doesn't that make more sense? Doesn't it? To me it does. I said when I spend time with him, I'm gonna to get to know him more, but here's literally what it does. I see that's him and he's reflecting me. That's what my life is because I'm a joint heir of that. It says, as I, as I behold him, I don't know how it works. I just know it works. Even the healing code and love codes that go, hey, if people are willing to do this, there's not any disease we haven't healed. There's not any marriage we haven't restored. There's not anything we haven't done. Now, you getting to work harder, do this more, get into counseling, do all this, you know what you're gonna find? Death, most of the time, unfortunately. But when you see him face to face, it says, his, his light, because he is the love and the light, says it starts to shine on your dark places in your heart and it starts to change things in your heart that you would never know. And you don't know how to change them. You don't know how to fix them, but he does. It says, well, if you behold me, you are transfigured from glory to glory in my presence into the very image of him. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? So, how many guys want supernatural results? I do, right? I really do. And it's, it doesn't come from doing something more it's easy to do. It's easy to give you some commands and go do this more because you know what we do as little busy beavers? Like she's shaking her head. Yeah, I know because we're like doers, right? So we go, just give me some rules to do. And then we do them and they last for a couple months and then afterwards, what happens? This sucks. <laughs> this Jesus thing's harder than I thought. And it's supposed to be the easiest thing in your world. It's supposed to be the easiest thing. It's supposed to be effortless. Amen? It's supposed to be this thing that the Spirit does. There's rest in the new covenant. That means stop doing religious works and let me do it. Let me transfigure you into me. Where the Spirit is, okay? So, hearts, wrong beliefs. How many of you guys know that we've done this enough? That your heart, that's why it says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it is where life flows. Follow me? So, guess what? If uh, it's all a condition of our heart. Now, the good news is, what's the solution? Just see him and he changes our heart. Is that about as simple as it gets? You just can't write a lot of books on it. <laughs> you can't give you religious requirements because you're going to find life in him. And it's going to be easy. Does this make sense to you guys? So I don't care what the issue is. You know, we're not supposed to be burden carriers. You guys understand that, right? Every burden is supposed to be carried to the throne room, him. Right? That's what Philippians 4 says. Hey, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, make your request be known to him. And if you're in your presence, you know what he's going to confirm? Mike, I got that. Why don't you give that to me? Because if we carry it, you know what? You're going to start getting, you know what you're going to do? You're going to start getting works of the flesh, which Galatians talks about. You're going to be busy beaver again, a good little Christian, and never experience how easy life is. Isn't it more fun to just be around somebody who's joyful? I think so, right? There's, there's not health issues, there's not this, there's, there's just joy, it's wonderful, right? Wouldn't you like to live like that? I just showed you how simple it really is. So, you guys wanna practice? 
Anybody need encouragement? We'll do this one. I won't, I'll just, anybody need encouragement tonight? If you've never done this? You guys have seen this, how this works. We did you at my house, Martha. No? Maybe you should do it to me. No. Yeah, that would encourage me. Uh, wait a minute. You said 60 of you sit, throw $1,000 at my feet. Oh, that's encouraging. <laughs> I didn't say it, Mike. You be the first one. Then these guys will follow. Okay, all right. No, you guys know it. Hey, you know what? You know what's in his presence? The next idea. The next thing for my business. The, the, the solution to all of it. In his presence is fullness of joy. It's healing. Everything that you're looking for is in his presence. And he goes, you know what? When you just spend time with me. So nobody needs encouragement, so we weren't going to do it. But this, here's how you can practice. So this is kind of how it works. He's promised to you that uh, all of you will see him and hear him. Okay? You guys cool on this? Yes. All right. We did this at, at uh, Sunday night when the Katinas are at my house too. And it just ministers to people. It's amazing. So you know that, um, and I really felt like this was the right time to teach you all this because you've understood that he's good and there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. How much, is condemn, how, how much judgment should you expect to receive when there's no condemnation in him? Like scripture is like really easy. It takes Bible school to get you screwed up. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, amen? No judgment in him. In fact, you know what the judgment is? Righteous, perfect, perfectly loved, my son, amen? My daughter, I love you. Everything I have is yours. So this is one way to do it, guys. Now you can practice, etc. The throne room is actually a place where you can go, any of you can meet him at any time. It says boldly come to the throne. But uh, uh, this is pretty easy for me to do too, is, is you can close your eyes, whatever. I like to close my eyes because... It gets me out of here a little bit. And uh, I like to breathe a little bit, just calm myself down. Now, imagine this. It says, if you call on him, he will answer. And it says, he will show himself to you. So, if you wanted to meet him, where would you love to meet him? Just ask. Like, where, and you guys can answer me. Like, if you were going to, the safest place you could ever imagine, because there's no judgment, you can bring him your junk, you can bring him the things you're struggling with, the, the fleshy stuff you're still dealing with. Listen, he's not judging you for your junk. He's not. It's really your own heart that's judging you. So he's not, he's not ashamed of your darkness. He's not ashamed of your, your habits, your secrets. He's not ashamed of any of that nonsense, okay? You know who's ashamed of that? We are. He's not. He goes, no, I came to not judge you. I came to give you my life. So where's the safest place you could ever go meet him? And all of you can have a different place. Now, here's what's cool. So I'm just going to pray. And now here's what's going to happen. I'm going to ask him to say something to you. It says, if we, and you can do it yourself. It says, if you call on me, what's he going to do? I will answer. It was a covenant. I died for you to have this assurance. So here's the biggest challenge you're going to get if you grew up in church. Was that me or him? And the answer is, yeah, of course. Because whose mind is he going to use? He's going to give you in your heart and mind is what it says, right? So you're going to call on him and just go, Lord, say something to me. And now an idea is going to pop in your mind. And don't overdo this, but what's he saying to some of you guys? What's the first thing? that you, When you're meeting Jesus, what's he, just ask him, Lord, what do you want to say to me? What's something good you want to say to me? You want to give me anything that he's saying to you? Don't be shy. He loves you? Does that sound like Jesus? 
Anybody else? You're a good person. You're beautiful. Wonderful in God's eyes, clean in his eyes. Fun. You don't ever have to be sick again. That's a good one. Hallelujah. Prosperity. Hey, prosperity. He's saying you're prosperous. I love it. Let it go. You look just like me, just not Michael. <laughs> Isn't it peaceful when you just ask him? Maybe you're having trouble seeing him. Yeah, it's okay. You can, and here, if you're having trouble seeing him, then just do this. Go, Lord, what's keeping me from seeing you? He'll answer. Just ask him right now. Lord, if any of these people are having trouble seeing you, being able to, to see you in their, their heart's eyes, just show them what's blocking. And then you can dialogue with them. You can just say, you know what? Lord, what do I need to do to take that away so I see you clearly? And he'll tell you. He'll tell you. You don't have to be afraid of it. It's not going to be, uh, that's not going to be this weird teaching you get like um, when you die and you go meet him at the, at the gates and you see Peter at the pearly gates, he's not going to go now. He's going to have a, a reel of everything you've done in your life and, and every idle word he's going to show you. See, eh, you said going down in the elevator. That's nonsense. Every idle word means it's, it's to deny him. Does that make sense? Anybody still having trouble? Can't you picture him? Now how many's got, got some junk you want to give him? It, it could be sickness. It could be uh, worry. It could be anxiousness, uh, guilt. And here's what's cool is if you look at Jesus, he always says, I'm going to exchange something with you. Right, if you go read Isaiah 61, what does he say? Hey, I'm, I, I'll, I'll take your guilt and shame and I'm gonna give you what? Me, I'm gonna clothe you with me, with joy, with righteousness, etc. So if there's a, a burden, whether it's health, whether it's money, just go, Lord, I wanna give this to you. But then just ask him, what are you gonna give me in exchange? And he'll tell you, he'll talk to you. Isn't this simple? Rest. Security. Security. Yeah, his shalom. That's what he says. I'll give you my shalom. You know what's in his presence when you do this? Every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Father, we just thank you that you take their sicknesses. And you freely give them your life, your Zoe life. Holy Spirit, just shine your, he is the light of life. Just shine bright in any dark areas of their heart. Let them show that you were never judgmental. You were never mad at them. You were never angry at them. It was never their fault. And just let them see you for the first time in their life. They see you clearly. We just thank you, Father. Just give him your joy, your love, your prosperity, your joy, everything. They can wake up with a spring in their step. Father, we thank you that they can see that they can rest. There's rest in the new covenant. They can stop trying to please you and know that they're already pleasing in your eyes. 
Most of you guys, it's going to be uh, something when you're a kid. That's just what was... Hey, there's, there's something that affected you as a kid, typically, relationship, mom, dad, uh, or boyfriend, girlfriend, um, where you felt rejected. If that's... Uh, in fact, some of you guys, this is a good exercise to do too, is that when you see him, like the, the safest place you could ever see him, you can go there. Like to me, I love to do it on my deck, to be honest with you. It's just this relaxing place. I'm gonna have to change though, because it's like eight million miles an hour winds today and <laughs> it won't be that relaxing anymore. I'm gonna have to switch to Maui Cat, right? She knows this road when we're going to the Grand Wailea, all of a sudden you can't see anything, can't see anything. All of a sudden you turn, you go, oh, that's why we come here. That's why it was an eight-hour flight that we're really need to endure. Because you see that, and it's just like this beautiful crystalline lake. It's an ocean lake. It just looks like this beautiful thing. But um, if you're, if you're going to see him, and you can ask him, hey, what do you want to say to me? And then you know what? If you can see, just ask him to show you this. What age were you? Try picture when he's seeing you. What age were you? And it'll typically be right when the, the, the nonsense happened where you, you started to believe the wrong thing, felt guilty, you felt shameful, um, or right after, he'll take you back to that and he'll heal that place in your heart so you can start to experience life again. Isn't that simple? We have questions on this, we can, we can talk if you want. But I just wanna show you how simple this thing is. This was, a, this was a promise of the new covenant. Hey, business guys, if you need answers in your business, you can just sit down and just spend time with him first. He said, you're going to be transfigured from glory to glory as in a mirror. How hard do you have to look in a mirror to see yourself? No, you just have to do it. And that's what he's trying to show you. If you just say, Lord, show me you. Show me your face. Let me see your eyes. Let me see you. Now talk to me. Say something nice about me. Because he edifies, exhorts, he comforts. Does that make sense? I'm not going to leave you fatherless. I'm going to send you the comforter. He's going to comfort you. Amen? What's he going to comfort? Our hearts. The human condition that where we don't think we're worthy, we think we're guilty, we're shameful, etc. Follow me? And that's where the ideas come. That's where life starts to happen. And that's even what healing codes and, and love codes talk about. It said, you know what? If we, can get, if we can get people to actually do this, where you just, and they don't even have Jesus. They, it's amazing that the, the human condition, how fearfully and wonderfully made, they go, if you don't believe in God or whatever, it's just try to see a bright light and they get results. Isn't interesting? And what the church, what do we do? Okay, now that you're saved, do something more. Well, what, if you have to do something more, what is that trying to tell you? You've got lack, right? And the new covenant promise was you're completing him, nothing lacking. So w- when you quote unquote realize that you're in him and he's in you on that day when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're gonna realize this, what do you need to do? Just hang out with him. That's what he wanted, a relationship. Now, some of you guys, you can go, Lord, show me you. Show me Jesus Christ in the Bible. But don't go into it thinking, if I do this more, I'm going to experience life. Because how many of you guys have done that for a lot of years and it didn't work? I did. Now, some of you guys were bragging. No, I'm in it every day. And I bet if we dig around in there, there's, there's death. There's really not the most exciting life. And honestly, your kids will look at you and go, that looks like pain. So, but guess what? If you behold him and he's transforming you and you go see your kids again, what are they, they going to think? This Jesus thing's good. This is a good deal, isn't it? Does this make sense to you guys? I see a lot of shaking their heads, but I don't know, it's impactful for me where you just spend time with him and he transfigures you. That is a new covenant promise that you can take to the bank. Amen? So you can come to your feet.
If anybody needs encouragement after this, though, just come up and we'll, we'll uh, in fact, some of you guys want to stick around. Here's how cool it is, is if you're having a hard time hearing him or seeing him, et cetera, let us do it. We'll tell you what he's saying about you, actually. Amen? And it'll, it'll resonate with your heart. So hopefully that makes sense, guys. But I would just practice this a little bit. You know, when you wake up, et cetera, try calm yourself down a little bit. <sighs> you guys know who Tony Robbins is, right? Yeah, a lot of charismatics can't stand him because I'm like, yeah, but he's getting results is the thing, right? And the church is really becoming irrelevant in my mind, a lot of it, because there's not, no results. And so, you know, it's a, uh, but here's what Tony Robbins says, whatever you consistently look at is exactly what your life's gonna be. He knows something. Isn't that interesting? And so we've got Jesus. He's, he's, he understands just from how, how beautifully and wonderfully made human beings are created. But what we've got is we go, when we look at Jesus, he transforms us into that image. Hallelujah. So here's what you can do. If, if you're in his presence, if there's, uh, uh, how, 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 how significant do your challenges become when you're in his presence? Not really, right? And so you can go, hey, Jesus, Here's the deal. Um, Trump, the Antichrist, just got elected president. <laughs> Whatever. I see charismatics do all this crazy stuff. You're right? How concerned are you? You know how concerned he's going to be? I'm the maker of the universe. I don't get too concerned about stuff. Does that make sense? It's just easy. There's, there shouldn't be fear. There shouldn't be this nonsense that you're going about. And if it is, it's just wrong teaching. As he goes, in my presence, there's fullness of joy, there's life, there's health, there's supernatural prosperity, there's everything, there's restoration of marriages and relationships, etc. And then our kids will start looking different than the world, right? We're trying to do it this way. Don't do any of that. How well is that working? Listen, guys, the, the kids in church look no different than the kids outside of the church. They don't. It's just truth. Amen? So... But if we can go, no, this Jesus thing's really good. Now when you're talking to the, the unbeliever, guess what? I go, hey, he loves you perfectly. He, takes, he took away the sin of the world. In fact, you, the non-believers, well, you know what I'm saying when I'm a non-believer. Like a, a typical church was like, they don't know Jesus. Yep, scripture says, all will know me from the least to the greatest. But they, they typically know him better. And then you go, no, you're in. In fact, uh, uh, if you could meet God right now, what would he look like? You know what? They'll do it in two seconds. They just go, oh, he would be like this. He'd, he'd come and he'd meet me in the park or he'd meet me out in the woods, etc. And then you can just work with them and go, hey, what's he saying to you? What's the first thing that Jesus is saying to you? And they'll go, it'll, it'll be some of the stuff that you're talking about. They'll go, he says I'm beautiful or what took you so long? I've always known you. I'm telling you, it'll be stuff like that. And they'll go, oh, if this is what God's like, I like this God. I go, that's what Jesus is like. Exactly how you're seeing him, amen? Does that help you guys? So, if you need, hey, don't leave here dejected, okay? If you need prayer, come up here. So let's just finish this. You guys good? All right. Father, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you. Even as they're driving home while they sleep, it says, you know what? You give to your beloved even when they sleep. You're, you make this so easy. So, Lord, you know what? It, your scripture says when the Spirit's poured on all flesh, you're going to give them dreams. You're going to give them visions. You're going to show yourself when they're doing nothing but sleeping, so, Father, let them get supernatural rest tonight. Just reveal yourself to them. Show them the answers to their problems. 
supernaturally heal their bodies, supernaturally heal their marriages, their relationships with their children, their grandchildren. You do it. You show yourself to these people. And in your presence is all of those things that our work could never do, but you supernaturally do it. And that's the rest of the new covenants. We say thank you. We thank you for your life that you're going to inject in all these people. In Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. 